Welcome to the Building Great Lives podcast, a podcast about real life, real issues, and finding real answers to life's most difficult questions. And now your host, Trent Gillum. Greetings, everyone. Trent here. Welcome to episode number 36 of the podcast. I'm glad you've joined the Building Great Lives journey. And before we get started, as always, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our monthly ministry partners and to you, the listener. You make this ministry possible. And I'm excited to have you on the Building Great Lives team here at the Building Great Lives podcast. It's our desire to help people from around the world grow, heal, discover, and fulfill their unique purpose. Thank you for sharing these episodes. We're praying these messages of hope reach every possible person in every possible nation. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a subject that can be very emotional. Just feeling it on the inside stirs up all kind of feelings, even including the feeling of guilt. We are going to talk about being angry at God. Now, I know as soon as you heard me say that, there was a feeling that come up inside of you that said, being angry with God, oh, I should never be angry with God. Trust me, I understand why you're saying that, and I understand that what you're saying is right. However, I also know that we have to deal with the reality of our feelings. There are times that we go through things that we do not understand. And so how is it that we can be angry with God? See, we hold God, as we should, to the utmost respect. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's holy and should be honored as such. He's been so good to us. We must remember that God is all-knowing, he already knows how our heart feels even when we don't say it out loud. Now, I want to help you begin the process of healing. First, we need to understand that God is not upset with us being upset with him. God understands how we feel. No wonder the writer of Hebrews said, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We need to debunk a myth. People silently hold on to things because they think telling God will offend him, as if God might interpret our words incorrectly. It's okay to be honest with God. This can be done without being disrespectful. God knows the intent of our heart. God knows the difference between honest expression of pain, disappointment, and despair versus disrespectful words of accusation. Think about this. God has never misunderstood the context of a statement. God 
completely understands that we are emotional beings that do not have the ability to see the whole picture and therefore cannot fully understand why God allows some things to happen. And because we as humans cannot fully grasp or see the whole entirety of a situation, we can't know why everything happens in our lives or to those that we are close to. And God knows this. He knows it's impossible for us to completely understand and therefore does not hold to us things that we cannot do when we could not save ourselves. He performed the miraculous and came and died and rose again for us because what we cannot do, God does not expect us to do. He does what we cannot And so we need to take that same understanding into this subject. God understands our heart. And I know that we don't want to say some things to him in prayer. We are afraid to be honest because in our human limitations, we think, oh, God's going to misunderstand what I'm saying and God's going to think that I'm being disrespectful. No, God has never misunderstood the context of any conversation, anything that was ever said to him. Think about how powerful that is. So God knows when you say to him, Lord, I've been hurting. I don't understand why you allowed this to happen. And there are reasons that we should forgive God. Now, I know that sounds crazy to even say, but in our human limitations, it's the closest word that explains the process that we have to go through when things have happened to us that we don't understand. The act of forgiving God feels like it's implying that God is guilty of doing something wrong, and we know that God has never needed a pardon especially not from us. He hasn't done anything wrong. But the key is when things happen that we don't understand, sometimes it feels wrong to us. Even though God doesn't do wrong, we may treat him as if he has when he allows things to happen that we do not understand. This form of forgiving is really more of a release, a coming to terms with God and letting go of the frustration that grew out of our disappointment. What we think about God determines our relationship and the expression of that relationship and our expectations of God. When he doesn't act the way we think he should, it can create a flawed relationship. We start serving him like a slave rather than a son. I don't want to serve God with a slave mentality. Oh, I'm forced to do this because if I don't, I'll be lost. I understand that if I don't serve God, I will be lost. I get that, but I don't want to live my life as a slave. I want to live my life as a son. I want to love him enough and know that he loves me enough that when I don't understand, I don't have to hold that inside and think, oh, God will misunderstand me if I talk to him about it. No, God will never misunderstand the words that we say to him with a honest heart of prayer. It's the enemy, the devil, that wants to keep you from being honest 
and open with God. So we have to go through this process that resembles what we would call forgiving. We must be willing to express those things and understand that God has never done anything to us out of spite or to hurt us. Everything is ultimately working for our good. And when I know that, it makes it easier for me to begin the process. The only way that I can humanly explain it is the process of forgiving God. There are biblical examples that we can turn to. Mary and Martha, it's an amazing example because their brother Lazarus has died. There is a key in this that I believe is very, very important. Mary and Martha knew that Jesus could do anything. In John chapter 11, verses 17 through 22, the Bible says, Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Lazarus has been dead for four days. Now Bethany was nigh into Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Mary and Martha to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. Verse 21 of John chapter 11 says, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother would not have died. That is the key. Now, there's several things that I want to get into in this text, but the first thing that we need to get into is understanding that it was the knowledge that Jesus could do anything that hurt Because Martha knew Jesus could heal Lazarus. That knowledge of Jesus' ability caused hurt inside of Martha that had to be dealt with. Hear me out. She knew he could, but she also had to deal with the fact that at that moment, he did not. Four days, Lazarus had been dead. Four days, Martha had mourned the loss of her brother with the knowledge that Jesus could. Yet I want you to notice that Jesus did not rebuke her for having these feelings. In fact, Jesus did not do anything that would condemn her for her feelings because he knew that she was human. And it's the knowledge that he could, but he didn't. It causes this inner anger. Now, I can't speak for Martha, but I can speak for me. And I can tell you that I know this feeling. In 2007, my uncle passed away. And I had been praying for my uncle for many, many years. There had been many conversations that he and I had had over the years of how every night when he laid down to go to bed, he would pray and repent And say, God, there are things that I cannot change. And I need you to forgive me. I know that my uncle had had a relationship with God in the past. I know that he had been filled with the Holy Ghost. And I know that he had been baptized in Jesus' name. Yet we're praying for this renewed relationship. Every night he would go to bed and pray, Lord, forgive me of my sins. When I learned that my uncle had passed away, 
my first emotion was not the kind of mourning that I would attribute to grief of loss. But my first emotion was anger. And you may be thinking, angry? Why were you angry first? Well, because I had vivid memories come back to my mind of time after time where I stood in an altar and prayed for other people's uncle, and they were renewed and restored. And I vividly remember praying many times, God, I am traveling this country doing my best to pray other people's uncles through, to become part of an answered prayer that other people have prayed for years, and I'm asking you to answer my prayer and restore and work. And I vividly remember the feelings of knowing that my uncle's name was written on the wood platform of a church before the carpet went down on the altar area because people were praying for him. And when he died, it left questions that did not have to be. Now, I know some of those questions that did not have to be are the responsibility of all of ours to answer. But I want to be very open with you in this episode and let you know that immediately it was not just the mourning of the loss of an uncle, but it was the immediate anger that I said, God, why did you let this happen? You can do anything. You spoke the worlds into existence. The stars rolled off of your fingertips and you know them all by name, but yet you allowed this to happen when it did not have to happen. And immediately, it's like you know, this is how Martha must have felt when she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's knowing that he can, but understanding that he did not. We must get to a place that we understand that God at times does things that we do not understand. However, he has our best at heart. During these difficult situations, we must go through a process that resembles forgiveness because if we do not, we will have a flawed relationship with the Lord. Martha said, Lord, if you'd been here. I said, Lord, it didn't have to be this way. And it bothers me so much, the knowledge that he can, but the realization that he didn't. That creates so much pain in our hearts. And we must be honest. And we must deal with that. We must get to the place that we're honest with God and say, Lord, there were times that I prayed and it didn't work out. Lord, I don't understand why you allowed that to happen. Well, I don't want to sound ungrateful, but it left a feeling, a raw emotion in me. I carried that for a while, and honestly, I didn't even really put my finger on it for a while. I was standing in a service. Everyone was worshiping, and it was going so well, and I was standing there watching everyone else enjoy the presence of the Lord. And I felt God speak to my spirit, and God said, it's difficult to worship a God that you are angry at. And I immediately told God, oh, no, God, I, 
I, I'm not angry with you. And the Lord stopped me and said, no, you're angry with me because you know I can do anything. But I didn't choose to do it. And that hurts. And the Lord spoke in my spirit and said, and it's okay to tell me that. I'm trying to draw you closer to me. It's never been my desire to push you further away. There are things that you do not understand. I got to a place that I had to admit, Lord, you are right. There is a difficult but very necessary example. The Bible tells us of a story of the man named Job. Job buried seven sons and three daughters. Job's wife was understandably emotionally spent, told Job to curse God and die. Job's body is covered in sores, and Job was hurting beyond the capabilities of words to explain. And Job 1, verse 20 through 22 said, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down on the ground and worshiped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. Job was no doubt moved with grief. He rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell to the ground, but he found a way to worship. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job didn't charge, that word means accuse, God foolishly. Remember, you can have questions that are not accusations. Here's the key point. One should aim to say with Job. Job 13, verse 15 through 16 says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. He also shall be my salvation. And I included verse 16 in because this is important. Through all of this, God has to be my salvation. Job is admitting that this situation was so bad it required God to be the salvation through it all. In other words, I can't do this on my own. I can't say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him all on my own. I have to rely on the saving power of God. The good news is the same saving grace that was there for Job is available for us today. When I can't save myself from the anger, when I can't save myself from the grief, he becomes my salvation. And I want you to know, listener, that right now it's time to begin to take the steps toward forgiving Because God is wanting to move in your life in ways that he cannot do until you forgive him and release him to work in your life. I had to forgive God. It does not mean that I look at the situation and go, oh, I get it now. No, I still know that the Lord could have done things differently. But I also know that God loves me enough that there is a good reason for why he chose to do the things he's done the way that he's done. I understand that God owes me nothing and does not have to justify anything. However, I also know that I have learned to trust him. I don't have to hold on to this anger anymore. God understands. So let's take some steps to forgiving. Remember, God didn't actually do anything wrong. 
Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Through the pain, we must remember God is not out to hurt us. He does not allow us to suffer without reason. Even when I don't understand the reason, I trust him. We are family. He is my heavenly father. I am his child. We go way back. We have a lot of miles together. I trust him. Forgiving God is really reaffirming our commitment to trust that whatever he allows to happen to us is working for our good. It's acknowledging that in our flesh we have a very limited perspective or understanding of how God works and why. But it's also remembering that God is working for my good. The next thing we can do to take steps toward forgiving, turn offense into opportunity. An opportunity to get to know God better. An opportunity to have a deep, open, and honest conversation with God. The next thing we can do is remember that God isn't offended by our honesty. He draws near to comfort us. He will not reject us. Just as he did not rebuke Martha's honesty, he will not rebuke our honesty. And the next thing we can do, we can make peace with God. And this is so important. Make peace with the peacemaker. Jesus spoke peace to the physical storms and they obeyed him. But now the storm is not one of wind, rain, thunder, lightning, and waves. But now the storm is an emotional one that rages on the inside of us, and it's time to let the peacemaker speak peace to the inner anger, that inner rage that can be inside of all of us in times where we don't understand why he did not do it our way. Forgiving is the resolve to trust. Inner peace can come even before outward evidence. Now, I want you to ask yourself, are you better or worse off by staying angry at God? Because the longer that you and I stay angry, the longer we stay hurting. The longer that we stay angry, the longer the emotions stay stirred up inside of us, and it's a continual storm that we really want to go away. We are not better to stay angry at God for taking a loved one that we prayed for and God chose not to heal. We are not better off by staying angry at God over a situation that we could not control. We are not better off by staying angry. We are better off allowing God to speak peace to the storm that's been raging on the inside of us. As has become the tradition here at the Building Great Lives podcast, I want to pray that God would help you get through these feelings that you're going through. Because until you forgive God by recognizing that he did not do that thing that you've been struggling with to hurt you, that he ultimately knew a better 
more perfect way that someday you'll understand more fully. And I want you to come to a place where you're willing to get alone with God and talk to him. Remember, God understands the context of our conversation and knows our heart. Lord, I'm asking you right now to reach down and touch every listener. God, the storm that's raging on the inside, I pray, God, that you would help them to know that you are working all things for their good and that they can release that to you. God, it's not going to mean that they're going to ever look back on the hurt and go, I'm glad I was hurt. No, they're always going to look and say, I wish that situation would have been different. But when we can get to a place that we trust you through the process, inner healing can happen. And the anger that we've been holding toward you can be released. And not only will it help our relationship with you, but God, it will help our relationship with everyone around us. Give every listener the strength to be honest and open with you so they can find a release to the inner anger. And as always, thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend, maybe text them the link or share it on your social. You can find me on social at Trent Gillum, on Instagram at Rev Gillum. You can also reach me at buildinggreatlivespodcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, let's keep building. You've been listening to the Building Great Lives podcast, a member of the Real Life Church Network. Join us next time as we dig deeper into life's most challenging questions. 